amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. E-L-C. Oh, yes, welcome, welcome. <laughs> when that robot voice comes in, you know it's time to begin. Wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening. I did a thing and I messed it all up. Especially if you're wrong about geeks in fangs. Using this podcast to power you through your Halloween hunts. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash dlcpod, our lovely, wonderful, supportive patrons. Make sure this show continues. It is through their generosity and support that we are here. If you would like to be one of them, check it out. Patreon.com slash dlcpod. You'll get cool stuff. You'll get the video version of the show, which is super fun. On demand, you'll get ad-free audio episodes, which is pretty rad. You'll get bonus content if you go up uh, a couple of uh, up a tier. You'll get our Wednesday show, which we call Paid DLC. It's fun. Myself, Christian, oftentimes Lana Bashinsky joins us. It's a it's a, it's a laugh riot. People enjoy it, and we're doing an entire extra bonus show right now. Christian Spicer and Alex Solman are doing feeling this, which you also get at being as uh, for being a patron at any tier. So much content, uh, it's, it, it pays for itself. Don't ask me how. It's a, it's a trick and a treat. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who's going to a rock show right after this, I promise. It's the Spice Man! What's up, baby? Yeah! I'm here to rock on this Halloween episode of DLC with my thoughts on rock band DLC! I'm still playing Guitar Hero! <laughs> DJ Hero! Okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. We're losing I'm a heroes. We're, we're literally I'm losing. Eating, I'm eating a hero. The problem with Christian is that he does not only a costume, but he'll do the voice also for the. Co- is, this is is this how the Spice Man looks? This is the Spice Man's. Uh, I don't know. No, Disney? you idiot! This is Halloween. Oh, okay. I'm in a costume. Are you stupid? <laughs> My gosh! Wow, oh, Spice Man. Really this is are. a Halloween costume. I'm dressed up like a rock star. I am a video game critic <laughs> and analyst. Well, 
That's that's our show, everybody. Good night. Ninety plus minutes in your ear hole. No, not not ninety plus minutes in your ear hole. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, it's, uh, it's this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Rarely do we do a show Halloween Eve, uh, and that is released on Halloween. So we had to juice it up a little bit. Uh, Christian, are you? Uh, this is not going to be your actual Halloween costume. I'm told. No, this this is just an in the box costume that I've had for years. I, I told you already that uh, it used to be I was just a rock star, and now yeah. I am an aging rock star. <laughs> As I aging age. rock star with uh, the voice. But I to got prove my it. I got my bling. I got my my dimes. My nice. gloves. My oh man! Bojangles. You got your reality TV show. Everything that goes along with that outfit, right? No. Yeah. All right. Uh, we we do, uh, despite everything you've heard up to this point, we do have an awesome show about video games for you coming right up. We got lots to talk about. The, the, there's so many games to talk about right now. There are games I didn't even have time to talk about last week that I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, just, it's just this, this tornado of games, and it's going to be a fun, fun episode. We have an awesome guest with us as well, although not entirely sure he's sticking around based on the uh, beginning of the show. We'll see. We'll see if he'll we'll be here. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata. And you're downloadable Christian. But this week, once again, DLC stands for deciding where you lean as you continue. Because from the Point in Progress podcast, our friend Mario Rivera is back with us. Hey, Mario. Hello. I don't even know how to top that. That was so loud and awesome. And <laughs> well, you know, it was I, loud. You're right. It was loud. It, it was loud. Yeah. Once in my life. And you know what? That. that that does not compare. You did a fantastic job. Yeah. That's I don't know if we earned, earned awesome, but it was loud. It was loud. <laughs> it was loud. Uh, How's it going, everybody? It's going. It's going. It's going. It's, this <laughs> is Halloween. We're, um, we're, uh, we got lots to get to, guys. Let's just throw, jump right in and start the show the way we always do. With Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send any comments or questions you may have, any way you would like to communicate with us. That's where you do it, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. And we love hearing from you. Even better, or equally as good, I should say, is uh, visiting one of our communities. You can go to the Discord, DLC, excuse me, it's 5 by 5 DLC, 5 by 5 DLC on Discord. It's also 5 by 5 dot Reddit, excuse me, 5 by 5 DLC, what, what is it? <laughs> when did I lose my brain? It's 5 by 5 DLC dot Reddit dot com. That's where you where you can go to hang out with us. <laughs> but <laughs> where you can submit stories and talk and there's great people there. Uh, not me. I'm I'm barely hanging on, you can tell. But uh, that's where you where you where you do it. But Mario, you are a guest. Save me from myself. <laughs> what would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, the Recent news of uh, my my personal friend, uh, Henry Cavill, mm, of course, mm -hmm, is no mm -hmm. longer going to be in the Witcher series. And I think that, to me, hurt a lot of people. And so I would love to talk Indeed. about that first. Yes, yes. Witcher news. We thought we had gotten 
all of the Witcher news that was going to happen in no. 2022. We had already drunk from the fire hose of Witcher news, just a torrent of Witcher video games announced uh, sequels. No, the Witcher news that wasn't done. The Witcher was done when the Witcher says he's done or when they won't hire you back to be more Witcher. Uh, when season three wraps, you know, it's like one yeah. of the two. You one know? of the two, yeah. Uh, so we heard this week, as Mario indicated, that there will be a season four of the Witcher TV series on Netflix. But the titular Witcher uh, will be recast. Henry Cavill no longer playing Geralt of Rivia. Liam Hemsworth. We're getting a Hemsworth in there. Liam Hemsworth taking on the the role of uh, of Geralt. Arguably one of the best uh, Hemsworths that was in Expendables 3. <laughs> That's you true. Know? Of all the Hemsworths in that movie, he certainly is worth the hem. Um, this is not all of the Witcher news this week. We also found out that the OG Witcher, the first Witcher, is being remade in Unreal Engine 5, and uh, that is going to con- uh, coincide with the, the game's 15th anniversary uh, of the original game's release. At least the announcement coincided with that. Uh, it's in the early stages of, of development. It's being um, worked on by Fool's Theory, which is a Polish development studio. Um, and uh, it is going to be, because it's going to be an Unreal Engine 5, it's going to be visually, I think, on par, at least they proclaim it will be on par, with uh, those upcoming announced Witcher games that are coming in the next few years. Uh, We don't know when this will happen, but uh, most people, myself included, uh, fell in love with the Witcher series with Witcher 2. The first Witcher game, it wasn't really what put CD Projekt Red on the map, but maybe this remake will be cool. Obviously, Mario, because of the way you brought up this story, you're much more interested in the TV show's changes uh, are you, are, you a, are you a fan of the the Netflix series? I would say generally I am when it when it comes and it's sort of like an event every winter, like the last couple of years where it's been around. Um, mostly just because I feel like Henry Cavill really embodied the character of Daryl and really gave it a personality and character that the games actually personally for me didn't connect with. Mm, so yeah. when obviously the news popped when The Witcher first came out and then the game sales exploded, that right. was definitely re-engaged my interest in the, you know, The Witcher property. And so for him to no longer be a part of it definitely feels like it's I just don't I don't know how well that sits right with me, especially when it feels like such a drastic change in in character or placement as much as characters have been replaced for, for God on forever, you know? Sure. Um, but ultimately, there is just something pretty uh, crazy about this one because Henry is a known fan of the books and of the video games. He is a one, true gamer, as most people would say. Yeah. But um, I will say, though, I am very excited for his uh, next project uh, happening, which, uh, of course, hey, I'll take it, okay? <laughs> like, I'll take a Superman movie any day. Yeah, well, that's this is the this is the rumor is that uh, those were mutually exclusive uh, uh, castings. Like he was for whatever reason the uh, the return uh, to Superman made it impossible for him to continue as the Witcher. We don't know that that's the case, but there's been some speculation there just because of these two announcements sort of on top of each other. Um, And yes, uh, noted actual video game fan. Builder of PCs, flexor of muscles, <laughs> wooer of women. 
but also, um, my understanding is this 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 Liam Hemsworth, uh, big fan of the series too, or at least in the statement released with his casting announcement. Uh, I mean, what would his statement this- say? Well, I find the game series and book series to be terrible. Yeah, I will do my best to bring this role to life. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think that is exactly uh, w- the announcement when um, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to, I couldn't think of the guy who, uh, who played Mario in the Mario Mar- live action Mario movie. Oh, Chris Pratt. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, oh, the, Bob the, Hoskins. Bob, that was Bob Hoskins' original statement. Was while I find this material dreadful, I shall do my best <laughs> to elevate it. Yeah, it would have been a funnier joke if I could have remembered his name. Which I, I did see a tweet. There was like a combination of multiple stories, and one of the stories was Henry Cavill is, will be able to do, uh, you know, The Witcher forever as long as they stick to the, his one rule. And this one rule was to stay true to the books and games. And then an article came out basically like saying that the writers are not too fond of them. And so, yeah. hey, I guess maybe that might lead to something. But yeah, uh, no, I, I I'll give season four a shot. Yeah. If it doesn't hold on to me, then I'm I'm willing. To, it's fine. It's not like to me like uh, the Witcher is not a character like Doctor Who, for instance, where I feel like it's going to be like all of a sudden a new revival. Right. But at the same time, I, I I'll still give something you know a shot. You know. Yeah, it's an odd thing. I'm I'm struggling to think of uh, things like this in a TV setting where literally the main character of the show is recast four seasons in. I. I'm having a hard time. Th- I mean, there's, you know, there's side characters. There's the, you know, the, the, the mom on that sitcom yeah. or the, you know, the, the crazy neighbor over here or whatever. Are you calling, like, are you calling Aunt Viv a side character? I will yeah. not have that. Aunt Viv. Yeah. There's the star. Okay. I didn't watch a fresh Prince show. of Bel Air starring Aunt Viv. <laughs> I was too old. I didn't watch that show, but uh, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it wasn't the titular character. It wasn't the fresh prince was now being played, you know, by somebody else. It wasn't. Uh, Could you imagine if they did that to Rosanna and the Connors? Like that'd be <laughs> wild. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. I guess Rosanna is the exception. Well, well, Rosanna was just we're not doing. Rosanna doesn't exist anymore, and she's yeah. dead. Like, was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if like if if the fresh prince was suddenly played by Young MC or something. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I got I got that reference. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in yellow. She says hello. Um <laughs> What about this remake, Christian? Uh are we excited about a remake of the first Witcher game in Unreal Engine 5? I feel like at least this is a game that will benefit from uh looking a lot prettier. I I I don't know if the game itself needs to stay as, um, uh, you know, as true to the original. It's not like a bunch of people are going to be like, oh, I fondly remember that first Witcher game. It's, it's not, it doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I'd love it if the announcement said, like, we're making the story of the Witcher 1, which honestly I do not remember. I, I'm almost certain I did not roll credits in Witcher 1. Um, I don't think I played more than five hours of it. And, and that was probably after I liked the Witcher two, you know, I was like, Ooh, this is good. There's another one. Oh, I don't like this. Um, but I, I, I it's like for, for resident evil four fans are like, I hope they stick to kind of what makes that series, what it is. And for the Witcher one remake, I'd be like, I hope they make it like Witcher three. <laughs> That's just me yeah. personally. But I also like thinking the reason that Henry Cavill left was because they were like, we're going to do your likeness in the game. And he was like, that'll be $100 million. And they were like, we're going to do this Hemsworth likeness <laughs> in the game. I, 
I feel like this is, and who knows when these are coming out, you know, this was one of the code names of the games they talked about before in their big CD project Redathon. Um, but I, I feel like this is perhaps the, hey, we need to figure out Unreal Engine 5. What's a title we can do that on? Kind of like we talked about Naughty Dog doing some remakes to get some more experience on the PlayStation 5 hardware and what better way to use some devs that haven't played in those tools or systems than to Well, do yeah, this except thing. it's not being done internally by CD Projekt Red, right? They're, they're farming this out to Fool's Theory, which is a, a different uh, studio. The, Fool's Theory has worked on Divinity Original Sin 2, Baldur's Gate 3 as support studio. Right not as a main studio. So I, I don't know if that is necessarily the case. Cause it feels like, Oh, they're, they're using other folks for that, for this one. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what their contract is, like what learnings or what shared tech or, you know, bolt ons <laughs> that they add to unreal five to, to make it happen. But the fact that we got that unreal five matrix demo, whatever that was last year, and we still haven't really seen a lot of unreal engine five games come out. I, I feel yeah. like this is uh, a ways away, Mario. I think we might get, Superman before we get <laughs> The Witcher 1. Don't tempt me. Uh, yeah, I, I'll say I, I think this will be ways away. I, I'm putting this obviously in the same category as the Resident Evil remakes as sort of like possible reimagined, but also very true to the original source material. Kind of what uh, Bloober Team's doing with Silent Hill 2. Yeah. Um, just taking a property that everyone is now falling in love with and trying to give that that same respect that you know I think that it's, that it's worth. And honestly... As long as they do a better job of explaining the story other than the beginning of Witcher 3, which was just pick your adventure, <laughs> then the person tells you what happened. So definitely I'm excited to see those aspects of the story more fleshed out. So that that does actually um, gives to me more credence for me to play it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to read too much into this because I think this could be a really cool project and uh, a CD project, in fact. Um, but... All of this sort of recent Witcher news strikes me as being, uh, uh, you know, potentially uh, 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 just a uh, a scream of desperation, you know? Of, hey, we put a lot of eggs in that cyberpunk basket, and that turned out to be a real backfire, you know? Uh, that, that didn't pan out exactly how we wanted. Uh, so let's go back to the well that we know uh, yields water. You know, it bears fruit that well, to mix my metaphors. Uh, and so <laughs> let's announce, you know, four Witcher games in the next six years. Plus this other, we got more Witcher. We got, what other Witchers do we have? We have Witchers lying around. Ooh, yeah, that first one. Let's remake it. You know, it feels like <laughs> people love Witchers. Let's give them as many Witchers as we can. That's, uh, and and maybe I'm being unfair. It's, it's possible I'm being unfair. Because I think this is a legitimately cool notion of remaking a game that a lot of people haven't played or a lot of people that love the witcher haven't played um but all of this witcher news just feels like man they're really reminding everyone that they made the witcher and the witcher was real good and there's more witcher coming don't worry guys more witchers coming what I think is interesting, they're not only making a lot of witcher and reminding people that they think the witcher is good but it's really the witcher 3 and the Witcher 3 expansion that people love. Witcher 2. I loved Witcher 2. I loved the Witcher but, 2. I, but I, it's I, a very different game. It's a, it's a for better or worse, far less mainstream game. Far less cultural phenomenon style game. And if people are like, oh, they're remaking Witcher 1. Maybe I'll just go back and play it now. You know, like, let me see what. Uh, I don't know. But I, I mean, I'm curious to see what comes of it. But it definitely is a whole lot of witcher whereas there's no second season of edge runners 
they seem to have scaled back what uh, t- Cyberpunk 2077's DLC is going to be and what those plans were. It does feel like a pretty hard pivot back to the franchise that people still like a lot. <laughs> it's, it sucks for me, though, because I, I think Edge Runners was actually the thing that got me back into the world of uh, Cyberpunk. And honestly, I, got, I, I played it early on during the PS5. So uh, at that time, it wasn't running as bad. It's still pretty bad. But it wasn't running as bad as everyone else was getting. So I feel like no one really got a chance to have that experience. But then Edge Runners comes out, and now it's like, oh, people are sort of appreciating Cyberpunk. And I wanted to go full bore, but now we have to focus now on uh good old draw of rivia yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i want i want these games to be great i don't mean i don't want to be cynical about it it's just it just seems like an awful lot of witcher news and uh it's a bummer it's a bummer that where we started with this it's a bummer that uh, henry cavill's not playing the character anymore although i have to admit i didn't watch much of that show i'll be honest i watched a few episodes of season one and i didn't stick with it so i mean it doesn't I think it's me exciting in that aspect, if it works, right? If it's still good and fans of the show are still fans of the show, I think it's exciting to be able to hand that casting off. I've talked about before how I like in comic books where, yeah, continuity is great, but I also just like stories about these characters. And I could read a compelling arc where Peter's 18, and then I can read a compelling arc when Peter's 25, and then give me another arc when he's 18 again. Just kind of like, who just, is I this story? That's what's going to happen here. I feel like they're going to be, it, it, it's going to like. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm not going to acknowledge think, it at all. He's just going to keep on being Witcher. It's like, he's got white hair. He's fine. <laughs> Muscles. Don't think about it. Yeah. Age difference. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's totally fine. Um, but yeah, that that's actually my fear for the show, at least when will season three be a resolution of some sort and then we go back and like sort of the prehistory of this like i'm I'm curious but i doubt it like i said i think it's gonna be it would be cool i I think that if they do handle it that way i think that's the smartest way they can handle it so smart but i mean spoilers for early season one yennefer totally changes the way she looks like this isn't a universe that doesn't allow for total transformations of how people look so as long as he grows a beard because uh the current girl does not grow a beard then i'm like all right cool now he's different understandable tom cruise tom cruise still doesn't let him do that that's just a they should uh they should just handle it like house of the dragon handled it where it's just like we're not mentioning the fact that there's different actors now yeah you figure it out you is Jennifer the same? Yes. Everyone else? I don't know. You deal with it. You deal with it. <laughs> you know, and you know what? One character's just not going to age. Yeah. So there. What do you, so there. Yeah, the X-Men series did it. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. All right, Christian, what is your story of the week? My story of the week is there's a lot of good stuff that came out of um, this Phil Spencer Wall Street Journal interview was kind of where a lot of it came out. And we eventually got the whole thing posted. But it started off as um, me being right in my prediction that uh, Game Pass is going to have to raise prices. Yes, yes, I predicted they'd do it this year. And yeah, he said they weren't going to do it this year. But he said they're they're going to mm. maybe have to do that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, just know mm-hmm. for the record. So you're wrong Jeff, is what you're saying. No, wildly, that counts. Wildly inaccurate. Nah, no, I nailed it. Um, <laughs> that counts as uh, perfect. Uh, 100% track record. But also we got some juicy stuff uh, from Game Pass. We've been getting some juicy stuff because of this Activision merger where we're getting like install bases and, you know, Microsoft sitting there saying like, no, 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 we can't be a monopoly. Sony is kicking our butts. (laughs) Like, look, look how much they've sold. And now we're getting some insight into Game Pass's numbers and its subscriber base. And one of the things that came out of that conversation was the idea that Microsoft has, quote, failed, air quote, 
to hit their Game Pass subscriber target for executive compensation goals. This isn't, you know, who knows what their like bare minimum is, but that kind of this is the thing. If we do this, we all get gold Ferraris. You know, we got to get Game Pass. To, I mean, they already have gold Ferraris, but uh, you know, we'll, this but only is this in is Forza Horizon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I sent you a total sidebar. I sent you that picture, right, of that car. Uh, there's, a, there's a car that I often walk by that parks, like, on the yeah. grass in front of their yeah. house. And it's totally how I park every car in Forza Horizon. I love it. And it's like a it, – it's an otherwise, whatever, it doesn't matter. Sidebar. Um, but this idea that Xbox isn't hitting its Game Pass targets and Phil's comment of, you know, at some point, everyone who owns a console has made up their mind if they're going to subscribe or not. And I think this is fascinating. And Mario, I think my question to you, one, general thoughts, but two, out of this, do you see Game Pass going to a place where games are only available on Game Pass? Whereas like Netflix, if I want to watch um, Stranger Things, I need a Netflix subscription. I can't buy the season on iTunes. Um, If I want to play Halo Infinite or Forza Horizon, I don't have to have Game Pass. Do you think we'll get to a point where it's only on game pass and not available standalone i don't know that's i mean as we start moving towards the future of discless consoles and being more connected to the internet i do have to and i've said this before i think even on this show i have to pull back from that thought because i how many how many people that exist without the internet as their main thing that guards you know their entertainment but at the same time i still think that there's still a propel forward of Game Pass being available on multiple platforms other than just the Xbox, I think that very much so how it's able to prove that I could play it on a Steam Deck is the same way that I feel like it could be on a television. Same way that it can be on a small box that's cheaper than the system that you could possibly sell. You know, I think there's definitely avenues where you can access this thing. I personally wish that since, you know, Recipe Stadia, uh, that they are able to do the Stadia promise of being able to connect it to, say, a YouTube video that I was watching, and then all of a sudden I'm in the game. That never came to pass. I just wish that maybe with the store of some sort, like, it just allows me to, hey, stream the game immediately right now on Game Pass. We have the access, like, boom. It never came to pass, but you're hoping it comes to pass? That's right. That's absolutely correct. Uh, I just want to clarify uh, a little bit of the uh, of what was announced in, in this report. Uh, Christian, you, you correctly noted that they have uh, fallen short of their target uh, for growth. This is the second year running where evidently they have fallen short of their target. According to this article, uh, this is reported by Axios, by the way, uh, based on a, uh, a financial filing that Microsoft um, put out. They're... Their target growth for 2022 for Game Pass was 72.8% growth rate for the fiscal year that ended June 30th, 2022. What they achieved was, now, their target was 72.8%. They achieved 28%. That's real, real bad. That's really, that's not great. An ambitious target is all it is. You know, that's just... uh... (laughs) I mean, listen, anyone who's ever listened to the show before at any given week in the last five years knows that we are massive fans of Game Pass. I'm not here to slag on Game Pass. I think Game Pass is the best deal in gaming 
by a wide margin right now. I would say our Patreon is probably better, but after that, yes, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. gaming, <laughs> our Patreon, yes, but in gaming, um, uh, but yes, no. The uh, there's no reason why I can imagine anybody would not want to have Game Pass if you play video games and have a PC or an Xbox. It just, it's just, it's just ridiculously good, uh, good value for your money. And yet they're, they're having a harder time getting people invested in it. And I wonder if we're going to see a big change when something like Starfield comes out. Like Starfield was supposed to be coming out in a couple of weeks, right? I imagine that would juice those numbers quite a bit. If you have these massive, uh, these massive games that are coming to Game Pass that are exclusives, you get those exclusives on there. And, well, but that, uh, that was my question to Mario, though. Like, it's not exclusive. It's also available boxed or, you know, standalone download, right? Like it's not you. Yes, Game Pass is the cheapest way to have access to that game for a month, but it is not the only way to have access to that game. You can pony up 70 bucks and play it on your PC or on your Xbox. Right. But or you can pay 10, <laughs> you know, that's and, and another thing. For is, a month. It, it's, it's wild to me that Microsoft is making the calculus that we'd rather you spend $10 to play Starfield than 70. That's wild to me because they would sell millions of copies at 70, right? They would. Well, they're hoping that you subscribe and find the joy in it. Also forget you've subscribed to it. Sure. Yes. Yeah, seven, the <laughs> seven months later, you've, you've spent 70, right? But, uh, and, and hopefully that you're continuing to, to do that and they'll, they'll continue to have those exclusives, but it, 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 the the calculus to me is is hard to wrap my head around, you know, and it just in that like we're giving up, you know, I guess it's we're giving up short term games for long term gains. But I think I think you're going to see the up the uptick in this, uh, you know, this growth rate when those huge games come out. It's just Halo mm. really hasn't been that for them. And what else is there that's super, you know, super got to have it. I, there's the like I said, the value is incredible. But I don't think people are like, oh, Plague Tale, Requiem. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think there's going to be those games, like those Bethesda games, that are going to start doing that for them, and it's going to change things in a big, big way. Well, um, I definitely also want to say, uh, picking off of the big acquisitions that have been going on for the last few years, setting up that groundwork will then we'll definitely have a future, hopefully for Game Pass, for the future of Xbox. Yeah. Coming out with a Fable, coming out with um, Avowed, coming right. up with obviously these other titles that they have in the bank there, as well as a new Halo, a new Gears of War. Um, personally, I would love a maybe a console exclusive Splinter Cell game. Just please. That's the place where I felt we fell in love with it. Please put it on that platform. But uh, obviously the other thing could be partnering up with other companies, say like Ubisoft and adding them to the subscriptions, similar in the way that they do with EA. EA, you have, if you do ultimate, you also get included the EA all access. And I think that would be an interesting play as well. Um, Especially if this possibly increases the price down the road. Which none, none of this is to say none of this is to say that Xbox Game Pass is doing poorly. Uh, Xbox Gaming generated uh, 16.28 billion for Microsoft uh, this year. What a uh, number! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, and PC Game Pass uh, is doing very very well. 159 percent year over year growth of uh, subscriptions. So you know, I don't I think do this love- is this is the I- notion here is that they're struggling. I just think. It's wild to think that they 
they were going to have a 72.8 growth rate and they only had 28%. That's, that's, that's well, a I, missed I did target. read, and I'm not Googling to double check this, but I did read that was like their internal executive bonus growth right. rate style. Like that's the ambitious, we got to be fire, you know, firing on all cylinders. This is what we're going to go. Not the, you know, if we don't hit this, we shut it down. Again, like yeah. you said, it's, it's profitable in terms of how Xbox financials go. Uh, gaming was a, a a plus and an otherwise not as many pluses. Um, yeah. And I also think defining things as growth rates is also tricky just in this. It's like, and I think Phil Spencer kind of hinted to this where, you know, if you have, and I know they don't, but if they had a 90% attach rate to Game Pass and console owner, their growth rate is going to be real bad, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, for the next the next quarter. But I was looking, what I was looking up, uh, was yeah, what is Game Pass's big game this year? There have been a lot of great games, and I'm not trying to downplay any of the great games that we've talked about on this show. But in terms of like, you know, big, I don't think there was, there was one this year. Like Halo and Forza were last year. Yeah. Um. Well, that was going to be Starfield, right? Which is right. Why you got to respect on a certain level the willingness to delay that game uh, or sign off on a delay because it's a huge hit. It, it's a huge hit on every level to that company. Uh, to not put that out on Game Pass this year, but um, I you yeah. know your you, the way you phrased that question, Christian, which is, are you going to have to have Game Pass at a certain point to be able to play these games? I think that is a really interesting question. Um, I think I Netflix will be games that. that you just can't get any other way. That's going to be interesting. I don't know if they're willing to do that yet. Certainly not. But it it, it also seems weird to say, hey, we're not going to take your extra. Sixty dollars, you know. Well, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it with Netflix. Like you know, I I wanted to watch um, Better Call Saul. And my options were like subscribe to AMC Plus or you know or get some live over the air service. And AMC Plus, I did a free trial and I didn't enjoy the app. So I no. went to iTunes or whatever Apple TV and bought the season. I made that calculus of like, oh, this season is twenty five dollars. That's how I right. will consume it. But I can't. Do, I, I want to watch players. I. I think it's right up my alley. I don't want to watch it bad enough to add another. I've hit my subscription overload, but if players was available to buy as a season, I would have done it. And and so I think that people are locking things behind snubs. One month of, of Paramount plus is going to be way less than buying the season of any show would be. And you'd be able to watch all of players in a weekend. I know, but it's that, Christian. <laughs> it's that mental load of like, how many subs do I have? When do I cancel? How long I've been carrying this subscription? I don't know. I, I it's uh, it's a different calculus for me, and maybe I'm alone mm. in that. Um, but I, I, I think there's a reason why these streaming services do it that way. Because why wouldn't why wouldn't it, is that on Peacock Paramount? I don't know. Why wouldn't Paramount want my fifty dollars or forty dollars and let me sell it to me a la carte? They've made that calculus that it's not. That's not the way to do it. They'd rather roll the dice and take my my five dollar sub or whatever, right? That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, it is interesting to see some of this in- information come out that we probably wouldn't have had access to, or or um, we wouldn't be privy to, were it not for some of these big, uh, you know, court filings and big uh, mergers and acquisitions. It's it's, it's interesting stuff. All right. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of growth, my goodness, my story of the week uh, is the news that Steam has hit another milestone. Um, this is fascinating to me because I'm old enough to remember when PC gaming was dead. Everybody, remember that? Remember when PC gaming was dead? 
Steam hit 30 million concurrent users this week. Now, to put that into context, that's more than the populations of all 50 U.S. states, excluding California. So more people were on Steam at the same time than live in any state in the union other than California. You'd need to gather everyone from the 16 most populous cities in the United States in order to reach 30 million. So the 16 biggest cities in the country, bring all those people together, all of those people are playing Steam at the same time in the same weekend. That's a lot of people, 30 million people. Could you imagine if they all went to vote? <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be something? Hey, well, the problem is they do vote. <laughs> they do go to vote, but they all they're in the biggest cities and not in the land masses yeah, that have no be- Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a podcast. <laughs> Please vote. Yeah, bring- yeah. Um so uh, evidently a Steam DB, which is uh, the the database that tracks a lot of this stuff, um says that of those 30 million, uh, only 10 million we're actually playing games at that time. People were just logged into Steam concurrently, uh, doing other stuff, browsing, idling, doing other, doing other stuff, which is, Scrolling you know. Scrolling through all of the games they own to be like, oh, yeah. God, what game do I play? Feeling the guilt, <laughs> buying things they'll never play because it's on sale. Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> $6 off. I got to buy it now. Um. Witcher 1, the original's on sale. Better buy that before <laughs> They'll never the remake, remake comes. that game. Uh, <laughs> so, but, you know, and I, I would think a lot of folks hearing that would say, well, that reduces the, uh, that reduces the impact of the $30 million I, uh, number. I say the nay. I say uh, just because 10, only 10 million were actually actively playing games at that peak doesn't take anything away from it because... Steam seems to be an integral part of those 30 million people's lives. You have Steam open while you're doing other stuff. Steam is part of your life. I think it, it, it proves the same thing, which is it's ubiquitous, it's important, and a heck of a lot of people are using the platform. Back in 2021, November 2021, uh, 27 million people were concurrently. So 3 million increase since that peak. Uh, and, and, you know, and steam isn't the only way to play PC games, uh, as is noted in this article, Epic game store, uh, all kinds of, uh, other ways to just play a PC game on your PC. And yet 30 million people were logged into steam at the same time. Mario, that's, uh, that's huge, right? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. In terms of it being, you know, the one place where you need to update your games as well. So you always have to have that running out in the background. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In terms of obviously the peak of some of the games that have launched over the last couple of weeks are in prime, you know, review season. So for games actually releasing, yeah, this makes sense. Call of Duty is big. um, Gotham Knights is another one. And then, yeah, for everyone just to have it on their systems. I think it's almost like an essential software. Well, Call of Duty had its biggest Steam launch ever. Yeah, uh, it was uh, that game alone had over 200,000, 238,000 concurrent players um, and uh, the, the, the highest peak uh, ever on Steam for a Call of Duty game was back in Black Ops 3, which only had 63 million, or excuse me, 63,000. So 63,000 to 238,000. That's massive uptick in people playing uh, Modern Warfare on Steam. And that game is also still available on uh, Battle.net and other places. 
So, I mean, obviously on consoles as well, right? And yet it's just crushing on Steam right now. So you're totally right, uh, Mario. This is, it's, it's, I think it's a massive uh, indicator of how big PC gaming is, how big it is right in this particular moment in time. Um, and like I said, I'm old enough to remember when PC gaming was dead because it was all consoles all the time. And, and we are as far from that as we could possibly be at this point. What, what blows my mind also is um, I wasn't on Steam that weekend. So that's one, yeah. one more, you know, like they could have had. They did put a little big asterisk on here. Yeah. If you go all the way to the bottom of the article, it has a teeny tiny print in the, in the, in the bottom margin. It says not Christian Spicer. Yeah. So imagine if I was logged on, I mean, it would have been yeah. the highest ever, you know, like yeah. even one higher than this one. So they would have got you know, 31. A, you really yeah. dropped the ball on this one, Christian. <laughs> yeah. Really I was right. The ball. I mean, it was a busy weekend. You I had, had the opportunity to be part of a history and you, I what know. were you doing? Not, uh, not being part of history. That's what you were doing. I was, no, I was, uh, we had a flash Christian's mob <laughs> on uh, Epic game store. It was, was on cool. Epic game store. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. He's like, where's everybody? <laughs> <laughs> No one's returning my DMs. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to the games that we have been playing because there are a lot of them. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, NordVPN. Do you use a VPN? You should be using a VPN. No matter what you do online, you need security. And while you have that security... You're going to want performance. You're going to want speed. You're going to want reliability. A reliable VPN. NordVPN. Whether you have never used one before or whether you've tried a few, NordVPN has all the features, all the flexibility, all the friendliness that you could want out of a VPN. I've been using NordVPN for quite a while myself. You don't have to be a power user to do it. Uh, if that's something that's that's turned you off in the past of feeling intimidated by a VPN, it's so simple. Whether you are on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet, whether whatever the the way that you are accessing the internet, NordVPN makes it simple. They have apps for Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. You sign in, you click, and then you're good to go. And one account, a single NordVPN account, is good for up to six different devices. A lot of people use a VPN for watching movies or TV that are from a different region because you can convince the service that you're in that region. And NordVPN makes that so simple. Even if you're just watching uh, TV in the US from a service here in the US, NordVPN encrypts all your traffic so that your ISP can't throttle your bandwidth based on content type. And if you're worried about what happens if the connection to NordVPN suddenly drops, you don't need to worry. NordVPN has an automatic kill switch that blocks your device from accessing the web while it's unprotected. Take your peace of mind back and use the web with the freedom and security of NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash DLC. You'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and you'll get four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN, N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash D-L-C for four months free and a huge discount. Check it out. All right. 
let us talk about the game. Do the playlist. Let's do it. Mario, uh, it looks like you might have the same addiction I have right now. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. I feel the snap. I've been feeling the snap for quite a while. Yeah. Dude, it's not good. It's not <laughs> good for my life. No. It is not. It, 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 it's not. It's, it's real bad for me. It's real bad. I don't know how it is for you, but it's real bad for me. Jeff? Uh, Jeff? Yeah. Let me see your hands. Where's what? your iPad no, right nothing. now? What? No. 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 Jeff? Nope. Jeff? Nope. Come on, Mario. What are you doing? Eyes, eyes up here. No. Oh, no. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. <laughs> He's playing not, while looking right at me. I have not <laughs> installed. Right at me. I have good. not installed Mar- uh, Marvel Snap on my phone, <laughs> specifically because if I installed it on my phone, it would be the worst thing I could possibly do. I would never not be playing it. I have when I to- found out it was on this, I was so <laughs> game changer. <laughs> All right, so tell me, are you, uh, you uh, you're playing a lot? Marvel Snap, you're playing it a lot? Yes, I am. I am terrible at it, but you know what? I, I persevere. I have a pretty decent collection level, just a rank level, real bad. Real bad. Can't get out of the 30s. Oh, All really? Right? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm at 46 right now. I'm, I'm, I'm mid-gold, which I mm-hmm. feel pretty okay about, but um, uh, I, I feel like I can, I can get to platinum. I feel like I, 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 platinum's right there, right there for the taking, and I really, really want it. That's my honestly my only um, my only gripe is that because I actually care about my ranking, I am less inclined to try some really wacky decks, which is what I want to do. I'll see somebody play a deck mm. against me. I'm like, ooh, I want to try that crazy multiple man movement. Add the Hulkbuster <laughs> armor to multiple man, and then move move it from location to location, and just keep dropping multiple men everywhere i want to try that deck but i'm like i'm not gonna risk losing a bunch to kind of narrow in on how cool this deck can be and how i can use it i'm gonna stick with my tried and true because there's no other mode for me to just sort of like mess around and not lose a bunch of ranks yeah, no, that's that's me. I'm actually getting very used to the retreat button because when I know <laughs> yeah. that it is not in my cards, I'm willing to take like the small uh, loss, like with just a little bit to my rank versus like actually yeah. being overconfident and hitting the snap, losing eight levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've learned my lesson. You know, not knowing what that button did for a while, by the way, it wasn't really clear. So all of a sudden my levels kept dropping. I was like, oh, that's why you don't do that early yeah. on. You yeah. don't become an early snap guy. Yeah, but, you, uh, you play those early <laughs> snap guys and you're like, you know, you're not, you know, yeah. what you're doing yeah. there. Early yeah. Snap guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you're right. It It is, um, it's interesting. I wonder if they're going to, um, kind of build that in. I like now the simplicity of like, it's one mode. I'm not picking who I'm playing against. It's just shoveling. Sometimes I'm playing against a bot. Sometimes I'm playing against a human. I don't really know. I'm having a good time either way. I'm moving up. I'm unlocking things. I'm moving forward. I think I a lab, like that a lab would be nice. A lab would be nice, right? Yes. Just even, and you can pick like easy, medium, hard style opponent. So you can go in and just play with some of these cards. Yeah. There's one thing to read it and kudos to this game for making most of the cards 
you know, one line or less, two lines or less. Like sometimes some CCGs, yeah. you look at it and it's like on the fifth yeah. Fortnite, right. don't, and there's a cloud in the sky. Don't get me started on Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh now <laughs> is paragraphs deep. It's like Edgar Allan Poe, just poem on them now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the pitcher's ERA is below two on a Wednesday. Four and a midweek score game. and seven cards ago. <laughs> God. Yeah. And Snap is is very streamlined in that regard. But I would still like to see like, oh, how does this work if this does this on flip and I have this that lets me do my on flip twice and keep it powered and this, that, and the other and see them happen, I think really reinforces that play style i feel like something like that has to be coming to the game at some point right yeah i will yeah, I say guess, though that go ahead. i'm sorry i was just gonna say i don't, I don't know if I, I mean a lab would be fine I, I would prefer just like a mode where i'm not going up or down in rank a mode where i, I want to mm. play against a human being but it's just like quick quick matchy kind of fun times no risk anyway sorry go ahead mario no, for sure. I, I absolutely would like for just a, but, but I, I noticed that it's funny because the, the times that I play the game the most is when I don't have something to do. And that's specifically when I'm completing challenges or battle pass. I'm just playing just to play and mm -hmm. that's dangerous for my rank, but I love the game for that. And I think that's actually a sign of a great game. The fact that even though I, you know, winning or losing, I'm having a good time regardless. I think a lot of that is contributed to the uh, land placements that are, are random throughout every match. Mm -hmm. These literally spice her up everything really nicely. Yeah. And they ended up making some really interesting games. I had uh, the the other day they had the the sinister bar as a, a place, and I've done some wacky things with that, and I've also done some stupid things with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Specifically, deathlock. Don't deathlock that land. It's not funny. <laughs> Just kills all your other cards. Uh, yeah, that's funny. It, <laughs> it probably <laughs> has deathlock and then kills the previous deathlock that it yes. spawned. Yeah, it does. A, it does a crescendo too. There's only one deathlock. <laughs> Hilarious. So. Um, I uh. I agree. I think, I think that as much as Christian, you're constantly asking me like, are, well, are you, are you feeling those hooks get into you? Like to, to pay, to buy more, to spend more. Is it, is it mobile gaming you hard? And honestly, I mean, I feel about it. Like I used to feel about heroes of the storm, which is I will spend money because I am enjoying this experience so much. I haven't really spent money. I mean, I spent $4 right at the beginning. That's all I've spent so far. But I, I suspect I will spend more at some point, probably, because the hours of enjoyment are there. And, and you're totally right, Mario. Every time I, I play it, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying the process of playing it. I am not just playing it. I think the worst, the worst mobile games are when whatever that progression hook is, is mm -hmm. the joy. Is, oh man, I just want to see the next thing. That's not how I feel at all. It's cool when I unlock a new card, but I, that's not why I'm playing. I'm not playing to get to the next place, to get to the next, not even get to the next rank. I'm excited about trying to get up to the next rank, but I'm having a good time beating people in a match. Like just the single match that I'm in with my deck, I am enjoying making those decisions, trying to do it to the best of my ability and outplay the person in front of me. This is the best case scenario of one more game, one more game, because yeah. I don't want to stop. I, I like someone in, our, in in the chat even said, like, I stay up late nights just like, you know what? All right. This is just one more game. I just want to see how this uh, combination of deck works. Oh, that yeah. worked really well. Let me try it again and again and again. And then yeah. you start unlocking things. And then, yeah, and then it starts becoming a problem. Quick question to both of you. Have either of you done... Uh, physical card games before, like Magic the Gathering or anything oh, like that? Oh, very much so. Yeah, I have And those lot. are, you know, 
time uh, sinks in terms of money, I think way more by buying individual packs in the similar how Hearthstone used to do. Yes. I do find it refreshing that the cards that I am unlocking are naturally in terms of the progression of the game. But then the money that I'm spending is the battle pass is like the cost of maybe two or three packs a month yeah and i still find that still refreshing i'm curious how the longevity of this season or this additional um things that are going to happen every month and like the next card box or pack that ends up coming on like how i'm going to feel about it but for now i'm i'm gearing up for pvp because i think that's going to be the one where Mm. i can play with my friends i can play with you jeff i can play with my friends immediately i already thought of i'm going to do the point in progress uh tournament of champions the moment that that unlocks so Definitely everyone's invited if you want to come. Yeah, they, they have specifically said that they are working on, you know, friend battles or or yeah. you know, cho- choose to play this exact person kind of situation. I want to destroy Greg Miller. That's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is um, uh, it is going to be interesting to see how they how they manage to continue that progression because um, it's pretty brilliant that they've managed to sidestep one of the things that's just never fun which is opening a pack or, or getting new cards and having them be duplicates, right? That's never fun. Even in Hearthstone where you can like trash your cards and dust them and, and turn them into resources that you can spend on the card you actually want, which was a good, you know, good tactic for easing that pain of the, getting the duplicate, but it never completely eliminated it. It, it. it just was like, oh, well, this'll be, you know, one fiftieth my way to getting the card I want. It still doesn't feel that great. Yeah, it's it's not nothing, but it's so next to nothing that it didn't feel great. And so the fact that they just have completely gotten rid of that entire notion is a pretty big accomplishment, I think. But it does beg the question: How can they maintain that constant upward climb of new things? And the answer is: It becomes exponentially longer to get to the next card. But again, I'm not playing it to get more cards. I'm really not. I, I'm having a really good time. And maybe that's just where I am in the ranks. You know, maybe getting in the upper echelons, you really need specific cards, but I'm having I, a great I, time with it. I wonder, two, two, two quick points. One, to this point, I wonder if kind of in the name of the game, and they use it a different way right now, because you are not buying cards with real money, if they Thanos snap the game and you, you, you snap, hmm. you know, all your, your, your cards are gone oopsie world event uh you still have your rank you still you know all this stuff that you have you still have unlocked but like i think there's creative stuff they can do that's not me coming over to your house and ripping up your favorite pokemon card and being like that one doesn't work anymore that i think could be creative and then i I see you mario i want to but the last comment is i think what marvel snap has done really well is what i would call the serialized tv show versus movie approach where it's just short enough to make you think that you always have time for one. And because of that, you play several. Whereas so many other games, it's like, well, I don't have time to play. I don't have time to watch a movie. That'll be two hours cut to three episodes (laughs) of an hour long TV show later. And you're like, that was easy. And I think Marvel snap nails that balance uh, really well. Mario, how did I, I made you angry. I'm sorry. No, you didn't make me angry. Uh, (laughs) I did want to point out that's straight up from a Yu-Gi-Oh anime is the straight up ripping of the cards and throwing them into water. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) In terms of like the progression of like, 
the way that we build up our cards in terms of holographics and light, like different effects and stuff like that, that I'm actually really enjoying for them to just like snap that away scares me a little bit. Well, maybe, they, maybe they keep it's, that. A, it's a terrible idea, Christian. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen. And that's a terrible idea. Yes. I, Cause I'm spending all my time getting, I, I just learned what the, after the shiny logo looks like. And then it's, I, I learned all the new stuff. No, the cards can look really cool. So you split your card into a new card yet. After, no, you get, after you get what? the infinite level or whatever, it goes, you can split off your card into its own variant. And I, I split off my Ant-Man into its own holographic variant. I'm like, what? It becomes an I entirely saw, new card. I saw that with uh, Hawk. Uh, it was like, a, oh, my God, uh, Neff uh, Hawkeye. And it looked incredible. The background yeah. just reflected. There's so many things that they have done to my serotonin levels by showing off and just these wild little things that they've done to the game that if that was taken away from me, Whoa, I was like, no, I, I, yeah. it's like when I, when I open up a card pack at a, at a card shop and I got the cool Mewtwo and then all of a sudden you, you steal my bike. That, that, that's a real story, by the way, that happened <laughs> a long time ago, but anyways, still no, but otherwise I'm, I'm excited to see what different things that they could change and end up. I personally would like same characters, different abilities, but I think that might break the game too much. Maybe that's going to be a very future thing. But yeah. you know, they still have so many more people in the can in the in the uh, the canon that they could oh, go sure. about. So I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I was like, I don't care about variants. I don't care about these pixelated. Var- and then I was, and then I saw the Alex Maleev Jessica, J- Jessica Jones variant. I was like, oh I will, what? How much money is it? Jeff, yeah. literally today, because it's today, I I saved the fourteen hundred. Just like, oh, I'm gonna buy the cool, you know, the nice ones, and then I got Baby Wolverine, and I was like, I'm buying that. That's gonna be it. <laughs> Next day, Alex believes Jessica Jones. I'm like, you son of a, Ooh, <laughs> give me Chris Omni cards. I want Chris Omni cards so badly. Yeah, I, I wish. I mean, a number, there's a number of things I wish the game would do. I wish they'd let you stack your variants in, in your view, so you could. It, it, you just look at the card. You have to look at, you know, three different copies of the same card in your giant parade of cards. That feels like a, a no-brainer that they should add in. Uh, I wish the, uh, you know, the feature where it's animated, animated. It's like, uh, you're not allowed to call it animated if it just kind of ripples a little bit. That's not animated. Come on. I want, no. I want like, Punisher's gun to be shooting, <laughs> you know? I want animated. I don't want, oh, there's a tiny ripple of, faint ripple in the background it's like yeah it's not yeah that's not no anime. spider woman uh carnage version like her hair moves it looks kind of cool but i, I mean some I, of that, I agree with yeah you. some of the stuff looks cool but i, I get I, animated it's not animated by the it's, way those voice things that are like fr- 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 frame break yeah. if i can get dlc packs for that and i can get a jeff canada saying frame break that'd be dope <laughs> not gonna lie. Frame good. break <laughs> this sounds goofy <laughs> frame break uh yeah i mean we, we, we could literally talk about marvel oh, snap for the rest the of the frame. show <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> who broke the frame my frame's all broke did i do that <laughs> grandma voice unlocked <laughs> who broke the frame is this Duke animated <laughs> All right. Uh, as long as it's not the Spice Man, <laughs> nobody wants that. I mean, you say that, but like deep down inside, you would pay them money to turn that off. So I think <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I could literally talk about Marvel Snap for the next two hours, but we won't. Challenge accepted. <laughs> what else have you been playing? What's on your playlist, Mario? Uh, I uh, was one of the uh, early on got the chance to play Ghostbusters Spirits Within. Um, I got to play with a few friends, which was it's the way to play. 
yeah. uh, personally. But uh, yeah, I'm, I've mentioned before that I'm a huge uh, fan of these sort of like horror games slash like asymmetrical multiplayer games where it is one versus four players. Um, that stems all the way back from when I was playing Spies versus Mercs on Splinter Cell way back in the day. And uh, I think that this is just no different. Um, have either of you gotten a chance to play this game yet? Christian, you did. Yeah. I- yeah. Yeah, I put a I put a good amount of time into the game. Uh, I it's so well made. The care for the IP is handled so well. Um, and it, it, it I think what I said on the show, or I guess to summarize it, like it does this four v one so very well, but it also is still totally just that game. You know, like yes, there's a little bit of upgrading, a little bit of this or that that it does really well. But if you've not been into that style of game, like there isn't there's story in between things, it, but it stinks as a solo, not stinks, but it's not ideal to yes. play solo. But all of that aside, who buddy is it fun when you can, you know, get five friends together and go to town? Yeah. The synergy of being able to grab the ghost with the proton pack, have someone throw down the trap, and then call it right when you st- you know get the ghost is just uh, magnifique. I, I absolutely dubbed when I played my friend Nanobiologist. Um, but uh, the game is fun. Uh, this is Ilphonic's uh, third iteration of these, where, of course, they did Friday the 13th. They did the Predator Hunting Grounds. And this is their best one yet, in my opinion, in terms of quality, um, in terms of them having the combinations of what you can do with the different Ghostbusters when facing ghosts, playing as a ghost character and actually making that, I think, fun and compelling um, in a mix of sort of like a prop hunt slash sort of like um, uh, sp- uh, in a way that like Dead by Daylight uh stun certain things i think that they do a really good job i find the story uh to be uh, you know it's more in the lines of like extreme ghostbusters or the you know the real ghostbusters cartoon which i'll I'll take for it because hey i'll get more ghostbusters um i believe this story was written by uh the williams who you know they've done their research they've done their lore i love how much they're interconnected with the current continuity of uh, Ghostbusters, as well as just you know playing around with things, um, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'm I just need more people to play with. So uh, if anyone else wants to play, just let me know. I really really love this game. That's awesome. You know? I- I, I, I feel like I'd be all over this game, but I, I there's so many things right now to play. Just but too many things. things. Too, yes, I mean it's it's almost like you would say there are. Sometimes I like to pause and let people fill it in their heads. Uh, that, that is Ghostbusters Spirits Within. Unleashed. What? Spirits Unleashed. Oh, excuse oh. me. Oh, what I am was... I saying? There's something else called Spirits Within. My bad. That was my Spirits bad. Within is a Final Fantasy movie, right? That's right. True. Yeah. Spirits Unleashed. We should. Don't the Ghostbusters want to leash them, though? That's the whole point is leashing them. Don't unleash them. But they've been unleashed. They've Don't been unleashed. Them. I'm and saying the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters should leash them, Christian. <laughs> Who broke my frame? Was it a ghost? Go leash them. <laughs> Keep your ghost on a leash, Buster. See what I did? You I haven't cleaned up leveled. after your ghost the last five times it slimed here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else is on your playlist there, Mario? <laughs> Uh, the last thing I did want to mention, uh, pretty much because I think I was one of the last people that got their invitation to finally pick up the Steam Deck yeah. before Ooh. the next week it was just available for everybody. And so <laughs> I want to feel special for just like 10 seconds. Um, but ultimately, the game that I've been playing a lot on this has actually been uh, the Yakuza series, specifically Yakuza 0, um, which is a series I love. I actually played the first one 
not that long ago uh, when it was the Kwame version for PS4. And this is sort of the prequel of that said game. And it's all the same wackiness I fun, but really the fact that I can now take it on the go and be able to experience it um, anywhere is what makes that game, I think, shine a little bit more. Just this sort of goofy open world experiences. And yeah, uh, I've now had the Steam Deck for at least three, three weeks at this point. And it's definitely changed the way that I've been wanting to play games um, in certain aspects of being both a console and a portable console. Yeah. Um, even just, I don't even call it a console. I just call it my computer. It's my laptop wow. now. Wow. Like, it's definitely changed that aspect of wh- how I want to consume and do things <laughs> personally. You're like, give me the TPS reports from your computer. Uh, this plays <laughs> Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's awesome. No, I, I totally agree. Although I got to say, he, here's this mm-hmm. may be a quirk of me, but I want to run it by you. You two fine fellas yes. who also own Steam decks. I the sort of the the magic, uh, the magic promise of the Steam Deck. And it's not just a promise. It, it, it's the truth. But the magic promise of the Steam Deck is. Play the grandest greatest things you know play your uh y- your your uncharted's play your uh whatever yakuza for example play mm-hmm. anything play whatever in your steam library on the steam deck play the biggest baddest pc game play your witcher 3s your skyrims whatever you want play it on the steam deck on the go and that's amazing and it's true you can it's great however I find myself, and I may be the only one of the three of us, but I find myself thinking about specific Steam Deck games that generally aren't those huge, big, grand experience games. Like, it's cool that I can do it. I never do it because it uses up the battery much faster. It just feels like not the way I want to play these grand experiences. I want them on a big screen, a bigger screen. I I like the idea of finding these more indie games. There's such a deep bench of Steam titles that I tend to find like the um 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 you know the Cursed Golf or the um um what's the uh, Cult of the Lamb or you know, mil- there's millions of great yeah, like Steam games. Life drifter just like all these yeah. old like older titles that have been around for a while and now you get to experience it on a sort of platform and that's been my experience personally it's been going back into i actually have god i hate that i have to say over like four five hundred games on steam but that's only because i collected them through humble bundle or some other source and that's and i've accrued this library that i didn't have access to until the last several years when i've built a pc and even when i built my pc i didn't play them but now I feel like the Steam Deck has given me a better excuse of experience <laughs> in the way <laughs> that I feel like that it does tend to be in the lifestyle that I am, where I work pretty long hours outside of the house. I have one hour lunch break. What can I fit in that one hour? A couple levels of Doom Eternal. You know, a couple levels of, you know, uh, I was playing Yakuza in there, which somebody was watching me play. That's a fun experience. Just have anyone look at a screen of Yakuza <laughs> and not ex- <laughs> understand what's happening. But uh, yeah, you, just that. you are playing like the triple A stuff because I find myself not doing that. I, and maybe I'm just a weirdo that I'm not. So, but, yeah, the fact that you bring that up is the fact that it's dockable. 
And so I right. bought the uh, one of the peripherals that, of course, that they recommend. And I plug that into my television when I feel like, yes, this is the time that I want to sort of experience those on a bigger screen. Are there certain instances where it just didn't work really well? Very much so. But there are the smaller instances where I wanted to play multiverses. And it ran beautifully. Mm. I Bluetooth a Xbox controller, and then I was playing as one of the gremlins, just having fun. You know, so there are definitely moments where I'm like, it has the promise of what I feel like the Switch gave us five years ago. Right. And definitely finally made it more modern uh, right. in, in terms of being in place. Like before, the sh- before we began recording the show, I was playing the beginning of Death Stranding uh, pretty much because I wanted to see what that looked like on the portable system. And it's a very gorgeous game. It runs very beautifully on hmm. a small device. See, before we were recording this, I was playing Marvel Snap. <laughs> I gotta weigh myself up sometimes. <laughs> Christian, uh, am I the outlier here? Am I the only person that sort of feels like I just shy away from the big AAA stuff on the Steam Deck? I mean, I I don't think you're an outlier in terms of how a lot of people use their device. But I mean, on last week's show, I talked about how great I thought it was for Uncharted, especially right. as a replay for Uncharted on on that device for me. I think it was your first time playing it. Yeah, I'd recommend if you have a 4K screen and a, a you know a little more powerful device that that's probably the way to play it. But I I I think um th- there's no shade meant here, Jeff, but like you're not leaving the house a ton. So you have access to your super ultra wide and these right. other ways to engage with these style of games that I think you would prefer. And for a lot of other folks, or, or some folks at least they are out and about a lot and it does give them this option to jump in and jump out of these of these bigger games, but I think also much the way that the switch was a, is a great device for these indie games. The steam deck is that without needing to wait a year for, yeah, for them right, to come exactly. out. Yeah. And it's that sleep, wake function, that pick up and play and all of that stuff that does make the device so right for those style of games. Um, so I totally agree with you there, but I, I think like Mario said, some of these bigger games, especially ones that are a few years older, run really, really well on the deck and look yeah. great on that screen. And I think uh, do I think Sleep Wake also works really well for those types of games. I mean, I talked about on this show that I played, I rebought um, uh, Elden Ring on Steam after originally buying it on PlayStation to have it on my Steam Deck because I wanted to engage with it that way of just pick up, play. I got five minutes, I got 10 minutes, I'm going to go grind for a little bit and put it down and that was actually a better way for me to experience that game and be in that world than i'm at my computer i'll be playing well two hours and a lot of frustration of elden ring <laughs> yeah <laughs> see i'm afraid to play that on the go because i will throw that throw that thing uh <laughs> if i ever get angry but i also love the fact that it the cloud saving is actually really good in terms of yes. being able to play on the go mm-hmm. and then switch immediately to my uh my pc or switching out to another you know option yeah. um and then game passes all well has opened up a lot of the possibility there um specifically being able to play like Fortnite um pretty decently on there the the other big thing and you know i can only say a little of it i got to play older games very fun old games in a way that I, that I haven't experienced them before. That's all I'll say. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that is to me been the biggest like, oh my God, I need this is the thing in my life that now has opened me up to so many endless possibilities. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I'm excited for more people to finally have that option because um, I was actually guilted into buying this thing. And now I, I love this thing. What so. Mario is saying is that the Steam Deck is an excellent emulation device. Sure. It is. I'll, I'll be the one to say it. it. I mean, I've said it before. It is an excellent emulation device, and there are wonderful games to experience. Emudeck.com. I don't yeah. think there's anything bad about saying 
pointing yeah, people to no, that emulation. It's Go for amazing. It. We talk about it a lot yeah. on the show. It's so simple and slick. Super easy. Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? Um, let's start with a game that I will most likely be talking about again at the end of the year. Um, Ollie Ollie World's last um, big DLC is out, uh, Flow Zone. I love Ollie Ollie World. Starring the progressive mascot Flow. In yes, her- yes. It, 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 it's, it's like you're trying to, you're John Hamm. And you're trying to date her. I, I watch all of the commercials. I'm very up to progressive. Yeah, you got, <laughs> the commercials have been going just down. as long as like General Hospital at this point. Like they, they have have progressed that long. <laughs> it's baseball playoffs. I'm watching. Um, this is uh, the yeah, most commercials I've seen. Sports, uh, and sports will do it. Yeah. Um, Ollie Ollie World is a game that I, I love dearly. And I think if you haven't picked it up yet, you really should. I truly think it is one of the best games that has come out in uh, 2022. And the DLC, Void Riders, and now Flow Zone are incredible. And what I find so incredible about them is that they are additive in a way that doesn't make the base game feel lacking. I think a lot of times you get DLC in games and it's like, without it, the story didn't make sense. Or, oh, they've been saving this mechanic for this thing. And now it's that you can't go back to the original levels and they feel dated or whatever. The original levels are still fantastic. The level design in the original game or the base game is fantastic. And then the tweaks they add for Void Riders is just like this kind of aha moment of like, oh, they've there's new things on the levels, and now I have I'm doing this thing that I've already been doing, but this is how I progress, and it feels fun and fresh and additive. And same with Flow Zone, where the biggest change to it now are these gusts of wind, you know, these comical big gusts of wind that you see on screen. And if they're at your back, they give you a big boost. And so a lot of times you're jumping into you can't see what the, what's coming up, which is thrilling in a game like Ali Ali world where, you know, what type of, if you're going for a high score or min maxing your score to trying to pull off a certain trick, how much time do you have? Are you going to go high or low? Do you want to get on the more difficult route? Like what's ahead of you, but the way these design, these levels are designed is so exquisite. It's thrilling, but always fair. Um, you never feel cheap. It's like, oh, I missed it because I couldn't see what I was going to land on. That's awesome when the wind's behind you. Sometimes the wind is below you. And that is the most similar to Void Riders in terms of the the gravity well that would pull you up. But it suddenly makes chunks of levels vertical in a way that they weren't before. But I think what's most refreshing about this Flow Zone DLC is when you have the you have headwind because it will straight up turn you back around. And the game had that a little bit already with uh, quarter pipes that would, you know, you'd hit and you'd go back the other way. But oftentimes in the base game, when you do that, you would you'd go back just for a little bit and then start going down on a new route. But in the levels that I've seen in Flow Zone so far that are, are, feel so fresh is that it turns around and then you're on a different part of the level that you didn't see before because of where you hit it. And so you're it's not just doing the same things, but backwards. It's you're coming at this new challenge, this new part of the environment in a way that you weren't prepared or expecting. But if you go and replay the level, you see it, right? Like that other avenue is there. You just didn't process it your first time through because you're focusing on on what's ahead of you. Uh, and also, what's I think really awesome about this, this DLC is that it's a whole new map. Like I really liked Void Riders. I talked about Void Riders, I think a good chunk on this show as well. And the Void Riders levels are interspersed in the main game's map. It's like, oh, you have this icon now and you can do the the Void Rider version of it. In Flow Zone, you're whisked away in in, in like an airship. It feels 
reminiscent to other games that have uh, overworld maps and airships, let's say, and you're, you're taken up into the clouds. And it, that really goes a long way in terms of making it feel new and fresh because you're exploring this whole new area, seeing this new map and having this new adventure. Um, it's exquisite. And I think if you're put off by it because it's a skateboarding game or you know you don't have the dexterity to be able to pull something off like this, if you like 2D platformers, Ollie Ollie World, in my opinion, stands up there with the best of them of all time. And I think what makes it truly masterful are A, its level design, and B, its ability to be approachable to just clear a level, but devilishly tricky to do all the little achievements if you want to. It's that sweet spot of like, even even in, in, uh, in Flow Zone, you're getting map fragments to get to the next thing. And rarely does it feel like you need to sit there and I got to perfect this level to get the next map piece because I need seven to unlock the thing. It's like, if you complete the level, you'll you'll get one. You know, like you, you can have that. They keep your progress going smoothly. But you know there's two more in there and you saw them. You kind of want to go get them. How am I going to get there? And it changes the level and you have to rethink. The level design is exquisite. The the progress that you're allowed as a player through the levels. I, I can't recommend enough. Ollie Ollie World and both expansions are are wonderful, wonderful and all worth your time and money. Very, very cool. What else have you been playing? Yeah. Uh, oh, and if I didn't say I was, I was provided a code for that, all of, all of those. Uh, I think I said that. I've said it each other time. Um, the other big one that I want to talk about that is, um, that is new this week uh, that I can talk about now is Bayonetta 3. Um, Mario, I don't know if you're a Bayonetta guy. Um, I love me some Bayonetta. Bayonetta's you're in with the witch. Good. Jeff, I, I do not believe that you are a big bayonetta person it's never been a franchise that has grabbed you correct it blows my mind that bayonetta now is a nintendo franchise like switch (laughs) which has the trilogy and yes i know bayonetta 2 is wii u and it's been on but bayonetta has always felt like a franchise kind of without a home to me because i think it was first a ps3 and xbox 360 game and yes people liked it but it didn't set the world on fire and then two came to wii u and it's like oh this action you know this action game is incredible they're doing what they do platinum's doing what they do and it's perfect and oh there's this the first one you can play that now also and then they ported that to switch and more people got to play it and bayonetta 3 i texted you this jeff bayonetta between it was announced and now when it came out kids have started and graduated high school yeah which is wild to think about like a whole high school's done <laughs> you know right. between like announce and release so you're a freshman in high school like that's gonna be a great game now you're in college and you, that, you don't care about it that anymore. scares me so did you know that switch did you know that it, it, yeah. it has been longer since um beyond good and evil 2 was announced <laughs> than it was between when duke nukem forever was announced and it came out that's wild isn't that crazy that doesn't seem possible right because that was such a big story like the pre-orders and i still have my receipt and this that and the other uh yeah, yeah that is and it, it took over the title as the longest uh, uh beyond good and evil 2 yeah if we ever see that game who knows it'd be yeah. vaporware anyway sorry i didn't mean to um, sidetrack go ahead no 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 i, I think it's a, a worthy tangent um bayonetta 3 is is a platinum action game and i uh this is a review in progress because i have not rolled credits on bayonetta 3 i'm a big fan of the franchise so you know expect that to remain my goodness, this game starts the way only Bayonetta games can. Like, there, it's just, 
they're so out there and like the weirdest so few big triple a games do what these games do where it's like grotesque demons and angels and intense action that has you doing the very platinum game you know punch kick range dodge if you time your dodge right you get to slow down to then chain it into something else and very fluid kind of devil may cry ish if you haven't played other platinum games but then also it's set to like the most relaxed jazz music (laughs) and you're like this witch who shows her butt all the time and the side characters are all very eccentric and like purposefully annoying at times and other it's just like such a cast of characters that have remained part of this franchise and have become endearing in a way that you're just like yeah of course we're gonna see them again bring you know we it wouldn't be bayonetta without you know x y or z and my goodness is it an interesting time for me to have been playing bayonetta 3 as we got to do our, our preview of of god of war last week jeff to play God of War Ragnarok <laughs> and then watch the opening cutscene for Bayonetta 3 that is like a kindergarten drew a video game, you know? <laughs> it's just like, my eyes, this doesn't... I mean, the cutscenes, particularly on Earth, like regular people, there's no other way. It looks bad. I mean, it just... It, it looks it looks bad, but it I, I'm being accepting of it for Bayonetta because that game has existed outside of a platform for so long. It feels like, Oh yeah, this is Bayonetta three. Just like I'm getting super Mario brothers (laughs) three, you know, like the graphics are the same. How cute they've chosen that old PS three art style. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it it is the first game that I've played. I guess Pokemon uh, legends was the first, but this is another game that shows the switch is underpowered. Like sure. it, it really yeah. struggles in the action. I haven't had any times where I feel like I wasn't able to pull off a move because of stutter or frame rate problems, but uh, well, that's why it's it. weird it, that this has become a Nintendo franchise, right? Is because it's, it's, it's trying for something that is, yes. that doesn't play to the strengths of the platform. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Mario games and, and Zelda games and all those, you know, they, uh, art direction, means it doesn't matter that they're on the switch, right? It's, 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 it's just a phenomenal experience and you're in this cartoony world and it's, uh, it's fine. But Bayonetta is trying for something very, very different from that. And it, it, it feels like it is, uh, it is <laughs> under, uh, you know, under supported by the, the platform upon which it is on, you know, whatever. Yes, definitely. But when you are fighting, I think, I do think the demons and that stuff is, is, has great art direction. It does, you know, you, you buy into that world and the combat becomes what you focus on and it's super, yeah. super fun. I really love it. I'm having a blast with Bayonetta three. Um, Aussie Jedi in chat asks, and I'll touch on this briefly. There's been controversy around the voice acting, uh, character, the, the women, women, the original woman who voiced Bayonetta in one and two, and now, uh, the new woman who voices Bayonetta and Bayonetta three. And there's been some controversy about the original actor claiming, she was offered X amount of money. And then there was reporting from Bloomberg that said she's actually misrepresenting it. It was actually this much money. And then the original actor who called for a boycott then said, uh, donate to charity. And one of the charities she recommended is, um, uh, I would use the word charity. 
tongue in cheek, they are a um, likely hate group. Um, You know, I I truly don't think that story is that interesting. Uh, I also don't think it's worth ruining anyone's enjoyment of the game. I, I think... From what I've read, uh, the studios made the right decision based on the information they had. And uh, sometimes characters need to be replaced, not because one of them is Superman, but because one of them is Lex Luthor, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, you can read about that. I I will tell you that for me personally, um, that does not detract my enjoyment from the game. I do think that Uh, voice actors are often woefully underpaid. I think the way the original voice actor brought this up was dishonest. And um, she has some views that do not align with mine personally. Um, But as a video game podcast that often, you know, we stick our, we stick our toes in that stuff from time to time. Uh, Listeners will know. I think Bayonetta three is a fantastic game and one that I will be talking about more soon. And if you have played any of the others, um, it is it is a trip. No one does it like Platinum, and, and no one does it like Bayonetta, in my opinion. It's real good. It's real good. There you go. And yet, your playlist is not finished. What else have you been playing? No, I'll do one quick, and then we have one together. Um, the one I'll do quickly is, uh, oh, uh, I was given a code for Gotham Knights on PC. We talk about on this show a lot how much I love a lot of ray tracing and all that fancy stuff. And Gotham Knights was shown to have even prettier, fancier, more beautiful ray tracing on PC. And um, for two days, uh, it was unplayable on, on PC. <laughs> um, we had people reaching out to us, sharing that. We, I was not alone in that. Uh, I think it was um, DRM that was put in and taken out and put back in again and the game just would not launch on steam which is a real bummer for folks you to, especially you had to text yourself in order to play it you, you couldn't you couldn't play yeah. it it was unexecutable you you, yeah. you could not play it that has ended um really good drm i don't yes yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say yes, what you will but uh <laughs> ain't nobody copying that stuff you know what no I'm no you cannot um and i don't I played a lot less on PC than I did on, on PlayStation five. And I think the thing that bums me out is that I have a 3080 RTX 3080. Uh, it, it is not appreciably better on PC. Dare I say in the moments I played, it was arguably worse. Um, it suffers from the dreaded unreal shader comp compiling, um, stutters that other games have worked around, but Gotham Knights in its current version does not, a lot of frame rate stutter that then if you go back and replay it, it's smooth, but that's not how you're playing this game. <laughs> you know, you're not like, I will play that Harley mission again. Um, and it's still, even with a, a beefy GPU, I turned on beefy my, my be- a beefy GP for my back patties or uh, my back, my bappy patties. <laughs> um, we got we to start um, using beefy GPs, dude. Beefy. <laughs> Nvidia just announced a whole bunch of new beefy GPs. <laughs> Get some buns with sesame seeds on it, and some you know barbecue sauce Ooh, coming out. Those GPs be beefy, baby. <laughs> you got to see it with ray trace on these beefy GPs. Uh, <laughs> put your old GP in the trash. Get that beefy GP. Get buddy. that beefy um, GP. You. <laughs> 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 
We have a little baby talk, and I love it. This has been a weird episode for me. No. I, my no. brain is in a weird place. Blame you it on snap. Halloween. Uh, I can get through this. I can get through this. Okay. Uh, you have a wig Even on. with that, it seems uh, – It seems. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. What's the other thing? <laughs> no, I can see it's PPG. Not your GPU. Your other – the other thing. The CPU? Intel. CP. Your Golly. beefy CPs? <laughs> your beefy CPs. It seems CPU throttled in a way that even <sighs> with a beefy CP, it it's it it struggles. And uh, so my biggest advice for anyone interested in Gotham Knights, if you listen to last week's, you're like, I think I'm still going to try it. If you're on PC, wait. Wait for a patch. It is... Or maybe just skip this game because it's not great. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a bummer. It's a great game. I, I couldn't... Uh, it hurts my soul. I really <laughs> want to play this game. I I couldn't I couldn't brute force. Um, Too many great games out right now to be not playing great it. games. Sorry. Yeah. So Sorry that's Gotham Knights that. on on yeah. PC. Um, and then we were sharing. We have a, a PC game in common, Jeff. Yeah, they uh, Sony reached out with codes for uh, Sackboy: A Big Adventure on PCs. You know, Sony continues their first party ports to PC, which I say two thumbs up, Sony. Keep doing that. Good stuff. I've enjoyed a number of the uh, the ports, mostly because I got that Super Ultra Ride monitor, and uh, I like a Soupy the- Opie. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> I can't even parse that one. Uh, the uh, you know I played the uh, the Uncharted uh, Thieves uh, Legacy in uh, Super Ultra Ride. <sighs> played that uh, God of War. Played the first Horizon game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Booted up that Sackboy, a big adventure PC. Get excited to do a little Sackboy platforming in Super Ultra Wide. It doesn't support Super Ultra Wide, Christian. But do you know what it does support? All the rays. All the rays are traced. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There's little bar- black bars on either side of my <laughs> massive screen. That's all I care about. It doesn't support the resolution. It bummed me out. It really bummed me out. It bummed me out. Did you also, play this? It was a, it was real uh, jittery for me. Did, it, the, in the cutscenes, oh, really? it was real jittery for me. And I got a, I got a beefy PC. You know, I got a beefy, beefy GPs. I got beefy GPs, beefy CPs. Uh, there's so much beef in my, <laughs> on my desk. I can't even. It's rancid, frankly. <laughs> just a slaughterhouse. Just, raw beef uh, everywhere. <laughs> A butcher's block. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was really smooth for me. I first turned on all. I, I maxed everything out, yeah, so and I. I I wasn't hitting a consistent sixty. Um, so I turned a few of the a few of the rays down, uh, and my, my GPU was you know hitting a hundred percent as I turned everything on, um, and I turned a, a few things down, and then I was cruising you know at like ninety up to one twenty. Everything was super smooth for me, and this is a game that I missed initially as like a PS five. It came to PS four as well, but like a PS five launch window game. Yeah. Everybody told us that we would enjoy it, and I never got to it. It's good. It's it's great. It's what it's really what I want out of Little Big Planet, which is just give me a really fun platformer game. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I appreciate the tool set. I really really do. I'm not going to use it. You know, I ain't got that kind of time, uh, uh, but but make some awesome platforming levels, which they did here, and it's it's great, it's great. The it, jump just, is great. It's not like that awkward sack boy jump. It's awesome. It's really really yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Uh, but I I prefer playing it on PS5 personally, um, to the PC version. Oh, that's interesting because you have a regular widescreen TV and you have to look at black bars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, I also played it on my Steam Deck, uh, Mario. And there you go. Jeff, to your point of playing big game on Steam Deck, this feels like I a good Steam Deck game. Yeah, it's 
I put it on medium, you know, medium presets across the board, 40 frames per second, lock the screen refresh at 40. And I am cruising at a, at a rock solid 40 frames per second. So like on PC, I have all the rays and it's mm-hmm. great. And then I find myself playing it most of the time on medium on my couch next to my PC. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with me. I was dropping frames all over the place on my beefy PC. I don't ever, I don't understand. <laughs> Honestly, Christian though, everyone talks about these 30 frames, these 60 frames, 45 frames, ain't bad. 45 oh. frames. For most of my games on the Steam Deck, 45 nice. frames. Yeah. yeah. 40, 40 um, frames is real nice, especially when you have that variable refresh rate. It looks real yeah. good. Real good. So this is a game I really want to play because I'm a huge fan of the Rayman Legend games. Mm. And this has a lot of that energy, in, but just in a obviously different scope. Um, especially with, like, I think someone in the chat mentioned, like the music levels. I'm mm. very excited to experience that. I haven't got a chance to play this. It wasn't going to be the game that I'm going to run out and play at the launch of the uh, PS5. But now that it's available on PC and on the go, hey, yeah, I might yeah. even give this a shot. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like it was it. one of those things where when they launched, they're like, we got to have a platformer. Let's have a platformer at launch of this new console. Every great console has a platformer, yeah. right? Which Crash is Bandicoot. It's great. Fantastic game. That's cool. But I feel like it kind of just got it. Unfortunately, because it just sort of filled a slot, it felt like a lot of people overlooked the game. And it was much better than than just the like, you know, required platformer of a launch, you know, launch window. It was it, It's actually really good. I think it's really good. I think it's one of those games that's great with kids. And I think as we talked about with Astrobot, had this been a Mario game, I think it would have been a you know much higher praise uh, in terms of what they're doing. Some of the creativity and some of the later levels is really really fun. Yeah, I I agree. But also that's part of the problem is that it launched with that Astrobot game also on PS5 at launch, which is <sighs> far superior in every way, in my opinion. So good. My so it's good real, yeah. it is real, it is real good i mean a second big adventure is pretty fun free. but that astro boy game uh, but all the astro boy games are just Bot. kiss yeah uh, all right i as promised uh i've been playing a lot of stuff i mean um next week i think next week we can talk about uh god of war um more right next week or the week after christian i think it's next week uh, the end of the, yeah uh, thursday i'm not gonna week. say one yeah. way or the other because i don't know uh, if we can say when we can say well i just did <laughs> uh anyway and, and i've been i've been playing lots more uh, mario plus rabbit sparks of hope although my son man my son it, it's it's it, he has gotten farther than me in sparks of hope without my help and it's very frustrating uh because he's got the switch all the time and he, he he was really sick this week and he stayed home from school and so uh, his mom let him play Switch. And of course, he got on my, my Sparks of Hope. He's got his own profile, so it's not using my save game. But he got farther than me. That's not acceptable. He can't get farther than dad. Come on. Well, that's, that's your, he's your hope. He's your spark of hope. You know, yeah. he's gonna... No, he's my spark of annoyance. If, if, if you want, though, get him started early on XCOM and then see how it really feels. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, this is called uh, hardcore mode, son. Enjoy. <laughs> Son, you can son, name all your people I, your friends. Yeah, yeah. give me the what happens. I named it after your mom and sister and me and <laughs> all your favorite pets. Don't let them die. <laughs> but the, the best part is he'd come back the next day and be like, I didn't. Yeah, I know. I won. He, it's the truth. He'd be like, Daddy, I did it. <laughs> I'm the president now. <laughs> yeah. he, he asked me if I've seen stuff in the game. I'm like, no, I haven't gotten that far. Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but I mentioned last week I, I wanted to talk about some uh, some indie games that I've been playing as well because there's all these massive, massive AAA games coming out right now, and, and we want to talk about those. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some indie games like this one called Marvel Snap. I'm playing a lot of. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have been playing a lot of that. Um, but uh, one of the games that I've been playing uh, lately is a game called Of Blades and Tales, T-A-I-L-S, Of Blades and Tales. 
this is a game that just came out of early access, I believe. Um, and it's been in early access for a long time. I wasn't aware of it, of it but uh, I got a code for it um, and checked it out. And oh my goodness, is it right up my alley insofar as it really reminds me. It's a it's kind of a retro look and feel turn-based world. It's a massive role-playing game, all turn-based, which means every time you move, is you're taking a turn and the world is moving also. Um, very much reminds me of the games that I fell in love with as a kid namely the Ultima series, like Ultima 5 and 6. Um, Ultima 7, my favorite game of all time. Ultima like 5 and 6 is really much more what this feels like. Although, what if, you know, done today? It, it is, you know, pixel graphics. Uh, the universe is interesting. It is, it's set in a world where everyone is anthropomorphized animals. You play like a sort of a fox-looking dude. Uh, and uh, you are moving around this big map and discovering things and going places, and it's got, you know, it's got a, a bit of um, modern-day sort of post-Souls uh, influence to it in the sense that you can wander into places you're wildly unprepared for and die and all that stuff. It's got Save Anywhere, which is great. Um, and my biggest gripe is that the combat feels a little simplistic. Uh, I may be early enough in the game that things are going to open up and, and and be more fun. But um, I wish the combat felt a little, you know, we talked a lot last week on the show about the feel of things, the feel of games. And uh, we, he and Christian and, and Alex are doing uh, feeling this right now on the, on the Patreon. So feel is, is very much a big part of what we talk about here on the, on the, the shows uh, lately. And, um, you know, like a, a game like cult of the lamb, has such good when you, every time you swing a sword it feels good you know uh god of war has really nailed that you remember from the 2018 feel everything feels good uh and i wish that uh of blades and tails felt a little better uh than it does but what it does deliver that really takes me back and makes me feel nostalgic and, and makes me keep playing it is this notion that uh, around the next bend who knows what you're going to find and the game has a lot of really cool sense of discovery and this you know this top down 2d world that just feels like a map come to life you know it's just like those old ultima games for me uh made me really enjoy my time with it it's called of blades and tales uh, i did put it on steam deck because it's like 157 megs <laughs> of you know that's uh, awesome of, of game um which is great. I was like, I'll just pop this on the Steam Deck and play it. It's not great on Steam Deck. Not great on Steam Deck. Uh, it is really a game you want to play with, uh, or at least I want to play with a mouse. That's uh, a game I want to play with a mouse. I want to click around on the screen and do stuff. And I do not care for the Steam Deck's like thumb mouse trackpad thing. Not not my favorite. It's, it's inconsistent. Not my I favorite. Know, I got to figure, I got to start yeah. fiddling with it because it's either really good or really terrible. Yeah. No it's just not. Not how it not, doesn't feel good to me to, to like but move a cursor around. Of Blades and Tales is as big of a game as Call of Duty is on disc. Is that what you're the same, <laughs> 70, same file size? 70 megabytes on the PS5, evidently, on your Blu ray disc. Uh, we didn't get to that story, but that's fascinating to me. Uh, the other uh, indie game that I got to play, well, several others, but one of the others that I got to play, um, I purchased because I was so. So excited about this game, uh, which I don't need to be buying games right now. It's just so there's so much stuff to play. But uh, Warhammer 40K Shootas Blood and Teeth 
uh, just came out. And this game is just ridiculously fun. It's just ridiculously fun and addictive. Um, there is a demo. I encourage you to try. The demo is what got me to buy it. Uh, I, I ponied up the 20 bucks or whatever it was to buy this game. This is um, 2D side-scrolling shooter along the lines of Metal Slug, right? This is Metal Slug on steroids, basically, is what it is. It's Metal Slug on 11. Um, you play as a um, Warhammer 40K orc. Now, if you're not familiar with the Warhammer 40K universe, orcs are... A little similar to an orc you might know from a Tolkien or a or a you know generalized fantasy world. Orcs are big and dumb and aggressive, uh, but in Warhammer 40k, they also have machine guns and chainsaws and uh, a, a, a lot of 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 arsenal. You know, a big arsenal of of weaponry. And so you're you're one of these guys. You don't care about anything. You just want to kill everything that comes on the screen. And it's just a massive old school kind of arcade game done with fantastic graphics. It does support Super Ultra Eye, which is great. And uh, it's got a wonderful sense of chaos, just nonstop. You get all kinds of cool weapons. It's got a kind of RPG uh, elements where you're upgrading things and getting new stuff and getting new... Uh, but it's just like pure, arcadey fun, jumping to platforms, blowing things up, shooting all over the place, getting cool weapons. It's great. It's great. If you like those old games like Metal Slug or I guess Contra is another example of something even farther back, this delivers that. And it does it with so much, I think, style and humor. It really is goofy. It's goofy in the best possible way. I'm having a blast with it. Warhammer 40K, Shootas, S-H-O-O-T-A-S, Shootas, Blood, and Teeth. Really good fun. Uh, and then the last game I'll mention really briefly is a game called Hell is Others, which is not a game that has clicked with me very much, but is a game that I think is pretty interesting and unique. It's it's PvP and PvE mixed together at the same time. It's pixel-based. Very hard game to describe in, in, in a lot of ways because it's a mashup of kind of two very disparate styles. There are story elements and sections of the game that you play in this almost... Um, almost like a point and click adventure game, like an old LucasArts game, like, uh, you know, Maniac Mansion or, 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 you know, Secret of Monkey Island or something where the characters are really big on the screen. You're want, you're moving in a 2d world. You're interacting with items on the screen. You're picking things up, moving them around, putting them in places to, to get more story elements. And then you go out into this world, this fantasy world this post-apocalyptic kind of crazy wasteland world where everything is out to kill you and then it turns into a top-down shooter where you are uh you can only see where you're pointing your perception so as soon as you turn away from something there could be a monster coming behind you you wouldn't know it even though it's you know top-down view for for the player uh and and it's very um harsh very you know it's a survival game you're trying to get resources you're trying to get enough bullets to to get all the nasty things that are coming at you you die a lot blood is a resource for everybody it's very dark it's very gothic it's uh you know very much it's called hell is others what did you expect but it's you know very timely for this part of the for the year where we're in spoopy season 
Um, it has not clicked with me just because of how oppressive and harsh it is. Uh, it's not a game I'm enjoying spending time with in, but worth mentioning because it's so different and so interesting. Um, Hell is Others, it's what it's called. You might want to check it out on Steam or um, I think it's, I, I've been playing it on Steam um, just to see if the style grabs you. Because if you are into sort of darker games or you want something in, in this part of the year where it's, it's a little creepy crawly and it's doing something really different. Um, it's called Hell is Others. And I, I was impressed with it, even though it didn't really grab me. All right. It, I was going to say, it looked a little Hotline Miami. It's like, yes, I yes, like the idea of that, yeah. of like point and click is one part of it instead of just like cutscenes, And then the other part is action or something like that. Um, and I think that view mechanic is interesting as well. Cause again, yeah, it's, it's not fog of war per se. Cause you can see geometry yeah. of the level of hell as others, but just not the enemies. And I yes. think that's a you don't know if it's there or not. Like, yeah. 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 Like an Alan wake approach to a top down game. Like how do you handle fog of war in a, in a top down game? And I think that aspect of it seems interesting. The resource managing seems less interesting to me because hotline Miami is not that. Right. <laughs> um, no, you cool were right. To be, that, that is the reference hotline Miami, of course. And, and, and I think this is game is another example of things that I've been talking about a lot in the indie space re- lately, which is this wonderful thing of taking two genres that don't really go together and, and putting the peanut butter and the chocolate together. It's, it's really interesting. Cult of the lamb, cult of the lamb. I've been bringing up a lot tonight, uh, but you know, it just seems like over and over and over we're seeing that um, um, Dome Keeper is another one. We, we just recently, we've been talking about a lot of these indie games where it's like, it's this game sometimes and it's this game other times. And somehow they're both working at the same time together. Uh, and I think that's another example. You know, Hell is Others is another example of that. And I think it's a really cool trend in the indie space. Really cool trend. But that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks for listening. Hey, we do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. But Mario Rivera, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Obviously, fan from way back. Love talking to you guys. Thank you so much. This is my third appearance on the show. And uh, I I haven't really appeared many times on other places so it's a great honor to honestly be with you guys so thank you so very much for inviting a little old me well it's we great to for have you to get your fun. steam deck we knew that you didn't you were like oh, <laughs> if he gets it before they're widely available i guess he can be back but we, no, <laughs> that's all we have a strict a strict steam deck requirement for that <laughs> <laughs> and post heritage month as well spanish heritage month so thank you for yes that as well. oh yeah of course <laughs> uh where can folks keep up with you and the things that you do online uh, yes, you can keep up with me over actually at the YouTube channel Point in Progress, where we do a bunch of different shows, namely our main title show, Point in Progress Podcast, as well as uh, a show that I personally, it's my baby, uh, MC University, where we actually, instead of talking about all the latest uh, Marvel movies that everyone's very excited about, we're going back and we talk about the old ones. And we're on season two. We're in the uh, past the 2010s. So we're talking like Days of Future Past, The Amazing Spider-Man's fantastic four stick like we we're, we're in that era and you know what there's some good ones and there's some real bad ones yeah and so if you're ready for it definitely check it out with uh, of course my co-host over there uh Sly clone mc but um you can also find me back and i i'm happy to say i am back at that mario rivera on twitter i was recently in a uh, taylor swift jail 
uh, <laughs> within the last couple of years, thanks to Universal Music Group. Um, but now I'm back. So please follow me over there at, at that Mario Rivera. Very much Just in time it. to be in Elon jail. You're back. Oh, right. God, I'm scared. <laughs> Very scared. <laughs> Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, on Friday, the next episode of this first season of Feeling This is going to come out where Alex Solman and I discuss NBA Jam and why that game uh, feels so good to play and holds up. And it's a really fun discussion looking back on what it was and, and what it is today and what games are. So that will be available to all patrons on the feed, uh, patreon.com slash DLCpod, dropping on Friday. And then my newsletter you can script sub the Jupiter is why I type it and don't say it. My newsletter, uh, let's chat games that you can subscribe to for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I finished a draft. October was a tough month. I finished a draft. I want to go over it a few times, uh, but it will be coming out very soon. I think, uh, once I put the polish on it, um, and it is about, um, the evolution of games it was uh, inspired by the idea of this game came out this long. Kind of what you talked about with Beyond Good and Evil and Duke Nukem Forever. Like this time's, time has passed or Bayonetta being announced to when it came out and what growing up with games has been like. Something that we've talked about a little bit on this show. Um, but that is the focus of, of this next newsletter. So that's tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And if you're listening to this right now, I'm not on Twitter much. I'm on Instagram even less but this year's Halloween costume will be posted on both of those places. I am at Spicer on Twitter. And I think I'm Christian underscore Spicer on Instagram. I think I only log into Instagram every Halloween <laughs> to post the picture, but those will be up uh, Halloween uh, midday, I think, is when we do those pictures. That's exciting. Can't wait to see what it is. And how it'll work in this blonde wig that you're wearing right now. It's so underwhelming, Jeff. It's uh, I'm a podcast host. Uh, so Aging podcast host. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Cut me deep, my friend. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Other shows I do include the Filmcast, which is about movies and TV shows. We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. The fan-controlled show, whose name changes every single week because fans control it, uh, which you can find on YouTube, on Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts, uh, or uh, twitch.tv slash fan-controlled sports. And uh, that's it. We love hearing you from you here. Again, uh, dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you uh, contact us here at the show. But let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Mario, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I pondered this this entire show. I think I wrote something down and I immediately deleted it because I I want to know if I wanted to be risky with it or if I wanted to just go like a, something I know that I think is really great. And you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with something really great because I'm not feeling risky. Okay. So, <laughs> We can do both. There is a there is a movie. Mm. It is Halloween season. Ooh. I do recommend mm -hmm. that there are people that are in the mood that will love uh, both Halloween, but also maybe a little bit James Cameron. And so I recommend a little indie movie called The Guest. Mm. The Guest is set during Halloween. It is Halloween themed in a lot of ways. Uh, the best way I would describe the movie is very much in combination of its Halloween, the James, uh, John Carpenter movie, mixed with Terminator. Whoa. And 
that's how I describe it. It's about a uh, man who uh, goes to this family's home, tells them that he actually served in the military with their son who has passed recently. And, you know, basically they take him in. They, you know, sort of he becomes sort of a company uh, person in their household. However, he is a total stranger and there's a lot more to him than meets the eye. Hmm. And from there, it just so happens to be set during Halloween and it's got that spooky mood. It has an amazing soundtrack it is directed by Adam Wingard, who moved on to uh, do uh, the Godzilla versus uh, King Kong film. Uh, I really would love for him to go back to doing some of the early horror stuff that he's done, like your next but this movie, it's a vibe. It is a John Carpenter mixed with James Cameron vibe that I think mixed well with that chocolate and peanut butter that we were talking about earlier. That This is that. And I think that it stars uh, Dan Stevens, yeah. Lance Reddick, and uh, Michaela Monroe, who's a fantastic actress. And if you've not checked this out, I will say I want a sequel, and I want it to be the Terminator 2 of the sequels. Mm. But they actually did, I think on April Fool's, I think last year during the pandemic, they did a sequel album that you could listen to. Wow. That is a concept of what a guest two would look like. Amazing. And it's probably never going to happen because that movie didn't make a lot of money, but it's a gem that I think people have to see and experience. Great so, recommendation. I, uh, I, I think guest. we covered this on the film cast back in 2014. I, I remember I seeing think you it. And I think yeah. you liked it. I think I liked yeah. it. I think I did like it. I, I love a Dan Stevens. I love a Dan Stevens. Oh my God. Yeah. My man crush right there. Yeah, he's great. Uh, that is the guest. And it is uh, it is a film. I, do you know where it's streaming by any chance? Currently, not a lot of places, sadly. But I do recommend Blind Buy, Blind Rent. There you go. Definitely check it out. Um, stream the soundtrack. Do everything we can to get a sequel. That's Love all it. I have to say. Very cool. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Uh, one that is very much in that theme. Uh, as if you're listening to this maybe on Halloween or post-Halloween. But ha- spoopy season isn't over until Treehouse of Horrors, right? Mm. The Simpsons has taught us that. We have several extra weeks. Uh, so no matter when you're listening to this, Barbarian is another great, scary film out now for rental, uh, streaming. It, was, it, it took theaters uh, by storm earlier this year. And I, uh, I think the less you know about it, probably the better. I went in pretty dang cold, but it is a, a horror movie. And I will say, you know, not the mind freak. There's like that suspense horror. And then there's like something going to kill you horror. Yeah, there's a Chris <laughs> Angel seeing him walk by you in Vegas late at night. And you're like, Ugh! and then there's like going to his show where go. it's like, ah, you know, it's different. <laughs> Different Chris Angels, but it is Barbarian. (laughs) It's fantastic and well worth the watch. And then this is a pre because it comes out before we do our next show. But um, Alpha Zulu, which is Phoenix's new album, Mm. uh, drops on the 4th. You might know Phoenix, uh, Wolfgang, Amadeus is probably their maybe most known album in Listomania. But Alpha Zulu. mm -hmm, You got it. You nailed it. Yeah. Keep going. Uh Uh-huh. Keep going. There you go, great, perfect. We nailed it. <laughs> oh, uh, there you Alpha go. <laughs> it comes out on the fourth, and it's uh, it's real good. Oh, I'm excited for that album. That sounds really cool. And uh, yeah, second second the recommendation of Barbarian. It's quite good. Pairs nicely with a film cast episode we did about it. If you're so inclined. Uh, my parting gift. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Vote, please. Please vote. Uh, Steam Deck to the polls. That's right. Steam Deck to the polls. Bring your Steam Deck to the polls if you need to stand in line. Uh, There's a lot of people that are going to try to make it so that it's inconvenient and it will take a long time for you to vote. Uh, F those people and vote anyway. Um, 
if you're not registered to vote, I think you can probably, there's a lot of states where you still can register to vote this week. Uh, you can do a provisional ballot in a lot of states. It's super easy. Vote. It matters. It, it matters. Just do it. I know there's a lot of people who are like, ah, it doesn't matter. It does actually matter. Vote. Vote. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff that you're going to discover on your ballot that's actually really interesting. Did you know that in Colorado, where I live now, legalization of psychedelic drugs is on the ballot? Yeah. Fascinating stuff, man. Check it out. You get to decide. There's a lot of neat stuff if you vote. You're not just voting for a different flavor of despicable human. You're actually participating in the world and your community in very significant ways. Uh, Please vote. Just, I don't know, care a little, a little, a little, like one day every other year, you know, that's all it takes. All right. That's my, that's my pitch to vote. I will vote.com. Not a bad place to go. We got a listener suggested parting gift. In fact, this came from two different listeners and I really should have mentioned it earlier. But I'm mentioning it now because it's our spoopy episode. It's our Halloween episode. And so this, um, this came in from both Andrew and Rob, who sent their, this into dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But they, are, uh, they participate in the Discord, our, our Discord, uh, 5x5 DLC on Discord. Uh, Andrew wrote, um, want to recommend a forum thread bracket in the Discord as the parting gift. And if the word October, Conjures the rustling of leaves, long shadows, and a nice evening being scared out of your skin. Come join the DLC Discord and delineate loathsome cinema as we rank user-suggested horror favorites in the Best Horror Film 2022 Edition Forum. It's a Discord tradition we're running a horror-filled bracket as an excuse to poke fun at each other and our completely terrible opinions on which fright-filled film should move on to the next round. Join us if you damn! <laughs> Andrew says, shout out to David for running the bracket. So this has been going on all of Spooktober. Uh, and again, I, sh- I should have mentioned it earlier, but it's a cool thing, and it will probably open you up to a bunch of uh, wonderful horror movies if you're uh, not already aware of them. Uh, so check it out. Go to our Discord, participate, and, and even just kind of see what's been going on. And uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Uh, there's, uh, there's the monthly game that everybody plays and talks about. It's a really great community. Christian and I have almost zero to do with any of the coolest stuff that happens there. We hang out. We contribute. I try to post. I'm certainly reading a lot. But these amazing people are organizing and doing cool stuff like this all the time. So check it out. Check it out. And thank you to both of you for sending this in. And thanks to all the folks in the Discord for participating. All right. That's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Mario Rivera and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those fun bumpers. Thanks to our theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Thanks to each and every one of you who listened to the show. We are grateful 
We appreciate you. In particular, we are so grateful to our patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod for making this show possible, for supporting us. Our top tier patrons, the hype train level patrons on the Patreon, they get their names shouted out at the end of every episode. And I'm going to do that right now. That's right. It's time to thank those hype train patrons by name. Patrons like Hyperboy66, Sure You Can, Comedian Aaron Trahan, David F, Michael S, Relentless Rex, Curtis from Louisville, John Sisko, Matt Valdez, Andy Joyce, Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob Rickman, Anthony Goulas, Dan Flanagan, Sasan, Adam Denby, Hank Patton, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Matt Bradley, Chris Zacharias, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jonathan Putney, Will with one L Harris. Jimmy Radcliffe, Mark Gowland, Malcolm King, Dan Palmino, Ben, Jenny, Nate, Stu Goss, Kevin Brazel, Scott Hughes, Zachary White, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer, Soren Silk, Yick, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast. Mike Lombardo, Travis, Spiceman Silencer, Michael Buck, Jackson, Michael Stadler, Peter Olberg, Josh Peak, Jad, Nick Strauss-Klein, Taylor Wiggert, Christian Bravery, Octavian Ratsiu, and Jason Novak. Thank you, all of you. We appreciate your support. All right. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. And have a happy Halloween.